0: Well hey church, I am so looking forward to being with you today and sharing the word today on something that I am very, very passionate about and that is prophecy and the prophetic. Now I know that some of you are like, uh, I'm not sure I wanna listen anymore, depending on some of the experiences that you've had or maybe some of you are super excited to lean into this and maybe the rest of you are completely indifferent but the truth is, is the prophetic and prophesying are very, very powerful and relevant to what we need to see today in the world. The truth is is we don't ignore the state of the world and the pain and the discord and all of the different isms that we see at the moment. What we do when we prophesy is we bring the kingdom of heaven right into the middle of every situation we see. We bring the gospel, Jesus Christ, right into the middle of everything that we see. Today I get to share with Philip Atmore, who we love. He is an amazing part of our church, operates in the office of prophet, and is a great activator of understanding the prophetic today. So I get to share with him, but, you know, like I said, some of you may be going, gosh, I, I don't really know what I think about this. Depending on your own past church experience or personal background your familiar, or your familiarity with the prophetic in the Bible, you may be going, is this an Old Testament thing or is it in the New Testament? Well, the truth is we're gonna dig in today and we're gonna start to demystify the prophetic and begin to build more of a prophetic culture here at Liberty Church because we are living in unprecedented times, who, who just wants some precedented times? You're like, can I please have a precedented time? But we are, we're living in unprecedented times filled with so many difficulties, so much loss, so many uncertainties, and more than ever, we need a clear understanding of the prophetic and how to live in such a way that heaven invades earth. So, what am I gonna do right here up front before we go over to Philip? Is that I'm just gonna break down a couple of scriptures so that we can understand the prophetic a little bit more. The first one is this, and it's one of the key scriptures that we need to understand is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It's gonna be there on the screen, but maybe you've got your Bible with you. I would encourage you to crack it open to Ephesians 4, and we're gonna read this together. So Christ himself, this is Christ. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people for the work of service. So that, there's a so that in there, we gotta pay attention to why it's there. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when I read a scripture like that, when it says so that, I have to ask the question, are we there yet? Are we in a place where we are totally unified as the body of Christ? Shout it out, write it down. No, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Do we all have the full knowledge of the Son of God? No, but we have access. And um, is there complete maturity in the body of Christ? No, not yet. That's why Christ gave these beautiful gifts, the fivefold ministry, as it's called. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the shepherds or the pastors. Now, the truth is, is we need all of these. We need people that are different than us. The apostles who are always pushing the limits, who are entrepreneurial, who want to keep pushing boundaries down. We need the evangelists who remind us, guys, there are lost souls out there. They, they equip us and activate us to win people and bring people home to Christ. What about, what about the shepherds? They're like, guys, I know everybody cares about pushing the limits and reaching the last, but what about the people that are here, that are broken, that are walking through it? We need to care for them. And then the teachers are like, "Can everyone please read their Bible and dig deep and understand the context?" And they break it down for us. And then the prophets, what do they do? They lean into the heart of the into the heart of God and and they teach and equip and activate people to show them how to hear what God is saying and to give that away to the world, to give the love of God away. They call people. To repent, to uh, right the wrongs of injustice. Prophets are amazing, and I love the gift of the fivefold ministry. Now, the truth is, is that we we all see in part, right? So we need each other. We need the completeness of the fivefold ministry. Because I have a. Little illustration here. I've got a water bottle here. Truth to table. Shout out to Havilah. We love you. But if I put this here, those of you that are watching from this camera, you see truth to table, but I don't see that. So say the teacher is sitting over there. like, no, it says truth to table. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's a blank slate. It means that God is speaking to us in such a way. And you think about the different ways the apostle would look at the same water bottle. They may see this part of it, and and so on and so forth. We all see the same thing, but we're, we're looking at it from different angles. That's why the power of the fivefold ministry coming together is so integral. We need each other to see the same thing together, the fullness of the body of Christ. It says this that the fivefold ministry, including prophets, bring unity in the faith, they bring the knowledge of the Son of God, and they bring maturity to the whole body. So we need each other together. But what about prophecy? What about prophecy? Why does this matter? Some of you are going, Well, I'm not a prophet. Well, listen to what the Word of God says. In 1 Corinthians 14, one through four, it says, follow the way of love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. I love this, especially prophecy. Time out, wait, what? Why does it highlight prophecy? Well, we're gonna highlight prophecy today, and it's important that we understand why. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries of the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church, so get this. Why is it important to lean into the prophetic, to desire the spiritual gifts, but especially to prophesy? Because it strengthens, it encourages, it comforts, and it edifies the church, it edifies people. And what's the motive? It says it here, follow the way of love. Our motive to prophesy is not to be special or powerful or seen with this gift. It is to love one another, to strengthen one another, to edify, encourage, and exhort one another. Do you think that it is just so cool that God loves us so much that He's like, lean into my voice, lean into my heart. And when I ask you to prophesy by my Holy Spirit, do it because you're gonna edify someone going to change somebody's life. You're going to lift them up. And Philip's going to share some amazing stories and different moments where he did that. And it literally changed the trajectory of someone's life because God is saying, listen to me, lean into me and spread my love around the world through prophecy. Again, before I transfer over to Philip, it's really important that you understand this. We don't ignore the state of the world. We're not like, oh, everything's fine. Everything is not fine, but this is why we need the prophetic so we can lean into the heart of God and release the heart of God wherever we go, where we see injustice, where we see pain, where we see lack, where we see fear, where we see racism, sexism, and every other ism. We bring the kingdom of heaven. We prophesy and edify and encourage and exhort the body of Christ. But your motive and your posture determine so much. And so Philip is gonna talk about that. He's gonna talk about the promises of God, the posture that we lean in into, and the power of God, and why this all matters. So here's Philip.
1: When it comes to the gift of prophecy, we have to ask, why is it so important to, as the scriptures say, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy? Why does God take it so personally? And so much so that, again, according to scripture, the very testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And given that, why is it that many times in church prophecy has been a subject more up for debate because some have taken their eyes off of Jesus and so misused the gift rather than embraced as a love language of God and an essential expression of who he is? 1 Corinthians 14 verses 24 through 25 states, but if everyone is prophesying and an unbeliever or one without the gift enters your meeting, he will be convicted by all that he hears and will be called to account for the intimate secrets of his heart will be brought to light. He will be mystified and fall face down and worship and say, God is truly among you. Prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And as described here, it is a demonstration of the power of God and the evidence of his presence among us. But two words stick out to me in reading this passage, intimate secrets. We must understand that a prophetic act of God is an intimate act of love and more personal to him than we know. And so from this point forward, when I talk about the prophetic process, I'm going to be speaking in terms of promise, posture and power. You see, when God gives us a promise, there is an appropriate posture we must take in order to receive the power we need to walk in the fulfillment of his love. Promise. There are well over 5,000 promises given in the scriptures. The gift of prophecy causes us to remember and meditate on the promises of God to draw closer to Jesus, who, by the way, is the ultimate fulfillment of every promise of God, whose death and resurrection made it possible for us to live in unbroken fellowship with God the Father, to be filled up to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and to walk out lifestyle Christianity on earth as it is in heaven. A huge part of that is learning how God speaks to us by actually reading the Bible and meditating on his biblical promises. But, we also have the ability to hear and know the voice of God and to respond with obedience. As Jesus said in John 10 verse 27, "'My own sheep will hear my voice, "'and I know each one, and they will follow me.'" A prophetic word is a promise from God and an intimate invitation to follow Jesus and to partner with him in seeing the fulfillment of that prophetic promise on earth as it is in heaven. God gives us prophetic promises in many forms, i.e. the Bible, people, and even encounters such as dreams to encourage, strengthen, and comfort us and remind us that we are known, we are loved, and we have purpose. This should wake us up and stir up in us a burning desire to chase after the promises of God. Psalm 25 verse 14 says, there's a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. How beautiful that in this context of the scriptures, the prophetic is wrapped up in being a lover of God. I had a dream once that I was at a church conference, and I wasn't inside where the speaker was, but I was actually in the foyer, in the midst of all the hustle and bustle and conference goers going back and forth. There was a woman who stepped onto the scene and called after me from a distance, Philip, I have a word for you. And she grabbed my attention immediately. And when I looked up, she starts praying for me. And I don't remember what she was praying at that moment. I couldn't actually even hear what she was saying, but the impact of her words was so great that I began to cry. and. As soon as I began to cry, another woman stepped onto the scene and tried to pull me out of the moment. And she even yells at the woman who's praying for me and says, he doesn't need to hear this, he's crying. And the praying woman fires back, no, he needs to hear this, Philip, remember the promises of God, for they are deep down inside of you. And I looked down and I put my hand on my gut and I remember asking, what promises? It seemed in the dream I was being pulled in two opposite directions, faith and fear. How many times in the prophetic process, that is our walk with Jesus, are we tempted to give up in the middle when things get hard? In this dream, my posture would determine which direction I chose to walk in. When God gives us a promise, there is an appropriate posture we must take in order to receive the power we need to walk in the fulfillment of his love. Posture. One of my favorite moments in the Bible happens in John 6, verses 66 through 69. And it reads, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and refused to be associated with him. So Jesus said to his 12, and you, do you also want to leave? Peter spoke up and said, but Lord, where would we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. We're fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in you. What a confession, (laughs) what a posture. A posture of complete trust in Jesus yields to our total surrender to Jesus. Do we live in a place of complete trust and total surrender? Proverbs 3, verses five through seven reads, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Avoid everything that's wrong. That includes stinking thinking. The Bible is clear. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Why? Because Unless we're fully convinced, like Peter, that Jesus is the anointed one and the son of the living God. Unless we fully believe in Jesus, who is perfect theology, then we will wind up creating our own especially as it relates to the prophetic. Our own theology based on limited understanding, denomination, fear, frustration, pain, disappointment, disillusionment, bitterness, suspicion, dot, 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 the list of ingredients for bad theology and for why we continue to excuse and disqualify ourselves from walking in the power of God's prophetic promises goes on and on and on, but it will never change the fact that our our posture matters but what happens when we trust in the Lord completely <laughs> when we trust him in the prophetic process what happens when we lay down our opinions and our limited understanding when we lay down the pain caused by a bad experience in the prophetic what happens when we hit reset when we repent of our fear and unbelief shrouded in religious jargon and justification, and we simply turn to the Lord in humility and with great hunger, and we decide to trust Jesus once more and surrender to him. He directs our focus to what he already paid for on the cross. He fills us with wisdom and understanding and gives us greater revelation. And he reminds us of the truth stated in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 things never discovered or heard before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. And suddenly we are hungry for more. A posture of complete trust in the Lord and total surrender to the Lord paves the way for the explosive prophetic power of the Lord when God gives us a promise there is an appropriate posture we must take in order to receive the power we need to walk in the fulfillment of His love. Power. Another translation of 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 declares this, "I has not seen, nor ear heard, "'nor have entered into the heart of man "'the things which God has prepared "'for those who love Him, "'unseen and unheard yet, "'but we have the Holy Spirit, and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with us. Grace, that word stems from the Greek word charisma, which means gift. We cannot do this in our own strength apart from grace, no matter how many times we try to do it. Grace is a gift that can only be received from God. And not only a gift, grace is the operational power of God, which enables us to do what we could not do the moment before we received it. We have no idea What prophetic grace is available to us and rests upon us because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. This prophetic grace opens our eyes and ears and opens the eyes and ears of the church and empowers us to walk in the unseen and unheard realm of the Spirit. And we have no idea just how far God will go. What operational power he will demonstrate in and through us and all for love. I remember I was sitting inside IHOP just finishing up my pancakes. I paid for the check and I was on my way out with some friends. It was just past midnight, late night. And as I was walking out, there was a young man who walked in and he brushed past me. And I can't explain it other than I heard a word. Suicide. And I knew in that moment the Holy Spirit was asking me to stop in my tracks and turn around. So I said to my friends, hey, I'll be right with you, famous last words. (laughs) Now, Prophetic 101, it's for the encouragement, strengthening, and comforting. So I was not going to go up to him and say, excuse me, do you want to go kill yourself? But I did have to yield to the Holy Spirit. So as I walked over to this guy, I just said, Holy Spirit, give me the words. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, hey! (laughs) And when he turned around, I went for it. I said, "I I just... Feel like when I look at you, I see like art and writing and music and creativity just spilling out of your ears. And he looks at me and he's got like tattoos and piercings on his face and he just says it. Are you just saying that because I have tattoos? And I said, no. I said, and again, I don't want to freak you out, but I feel like you've been looking for a sign of God's activity in your life. And this is it. Basically, what I'm saying to you is don't do it. And in that moment, he says, we have to stop. And he grabs me and we go and we take our place in a booth and order some food and he begins to confess to me that that morning he went AWOL from a drug rehab facility in Orange County, California, got on a bus, came to Hollywood where we were, ordered some French fries from In-N-Out across the street and then came over to IHOP. And his only plan was to order a cup of coffee, sit down, write his life story out and go kill himself. My jaw was on the floor. And at that point I was in too deep to turn around in fear. And so I just said, Holy Spirit, again, give me the words. And in that moment, after engaging in a conversation where every moment, every word that was coming out of my mouth was undoing what he was thinking, and he was in awe, he said, how did you know? How do you know? I said, well, I don't know you, but Jesus knows you, and he will do anything to show you that he loves you. And I read out of Isaiah 53, which is a prophecy of the, of the suffering servant who is Jesus. And after I read that, He flat out says, wow, I never would have thought that it was even possible for me to believe that Jesus is the son of God until this very moment. (laughs) At that moment, again, I don't want to mess it up in my own understanding. And I said, let's pray. I said, close your eyes. He closed his eyes and a very simple prayer escaped my lips. And I said, Jesus, encounter him. And I waited for about two minutes and his eyes were so tightly shut that they were kind of fluttering. And, um. He could have been thinking about popcorn for all I knew. And then after two minutes, he opens his eyes. When I tell you that he had gone from death on his face to life returning, it was astonishing. And he says to me, I met Jesus. And I said, tell me about that. And he said, well, first I have to tell you that I have drugs in my pocket and I was too ashamed to say it before. But when Jesus walked up to me, I told him about the drugs in my pocket. And he turned to me and he said, the drugs in your pocket aren't as important to me as your heart. Only God would say something like that. And he says, but it's nice to know that God's after me. You know, I'll save that for a rainy day. You know, nice to meet you, let's go. And in that moment, this is why it's important to yield to the voice of the Holy Spirit and know the voice of Jesus. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit say, fight for this. And so I did, I I pleaded the case. I said, excuse me, (laughs) I was on my way out. I didn't know you from Adam. And then the Holy Spirit told me that your plan was to kill yourself and then now you had just said that you would have never thought that it was even possible for you to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and then you met him. This is an opportunity. Long story short, that man gave his life to Jesus right there. I share this, not as a nice story, but as a testimony. Testimony in Greek means do it again. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which means that everything the Holy Spirit directs us to do in the name of Jesus will demonstrate the magnitude of the Savior's love and the power of the cross over and over again. He wants to do it again in and through us. We cannot afford not to do it God's way. When God gives us a promise, there's an appropriate posture we must take in order to receive the power we need to walk in the fulfillment of his love. I want to pray with the words of Paul. So will you just bow your heads with me? And I will just read from Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of christ in all its dimensions how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love how enduring and inclusive it is endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of god never doubt. God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ, and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. You can open your eyes now. Did you hear that? And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. That means us, the church today, right here, right now, we are a part of that. Don't miss it. God wants to speak to, in, and through you. He wants to open your eyes and ears to see and hear in the spirit realm. Just open your hands and say yes to Jesus. And I just say, God, open our eyes and ears right now. Right now, in this moment in history, in America, God, around the world, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of deep-rooted racism and racial tension, I pray, Father, that you would impart to us a prophetic grace that would enable us to see like the Father and to go after your beloved the way you long to, with love that is long and high and deep and wide. God, change us forevermore because of the power of the cross. I pray right now that the spirit of racism would die in the name of Jesus, and I pray for reconciliation that demands the healing of relationships. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Okay, but seriously, could you just listen to Philip all day and lean into that teaching and even just the cadence of how he teaches? I'm so grateful for the gift on your life, Philip. Thank you for releasing that over us today. So in recap, promise. Um, we've gotta read and know the promises of God. We've gotta read the Word of God. We've gotta lean into Him because that trust in His promises, the Word of God, it actually dictates our posture, doesn't it? What is our posture? Is our posture in the Word or in the world? Is it in the presence of God or in the presence of opinion? But if we're in the Word, we're leaning into a posture where we are receiving the theology of God and the heart of God when we surrender our lives. Our posture in Him allows us to activate in the power Power of God and we can see other lives changed and so I remember the first time well not the first time but it was one of those first times where I remember distinctly remember prophesying over a stranger and I didn't know I was prophesying I was very new and following Jesus and I was sitting at this conference and I had gone all alone um, and I was sitting there and I remember um, feeling really nervous all of a sudden and I could feel my heart beating in my ears. You know when you're like, when your heart is beating so loud and I felt prompted, this girl sitting next to me to start to share something with her. I felt this overwhelming love that God had for her and very specific things about her life that He's like, just whisper to her, trust me, share it with her. And it took me a good five minutes where I'm like, God, she might think I'm weird or crazy or why would I do this? And like I said, I had just started following Jesus. I was not trained in the prophetic, but I was passionate about reading the Word of God. I loved how the Holy Spirit would speak to me. And I was obedient. I love being obedient So when God just gives us that whisper and that nudge to do something. And I remember leaning over, I, I kind of tapped her on the shoulder and I said, can I share something with you? And all I remember is the moment the first word came out, doesn't always give me the whole picture, this flood of words came and she just started sobbing, going, how do you know? How did you know? I'm like, the Lord knows and he just, he loves you so much, he wants you to know. (laughs) And it was just this beautiful thing with it. I got so excited about doing that. Every time that the Lord would speak to me and be like, say something, even if I felt nervous, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what if I'm wrong? Well, you might be wrong sometimes. Guys, I have been royally wrong sometimes and I just have to apologize and say, whoops, well, got that wrong. But what I wanna do, to activate you in the time that we have and bringing this into a relevant way where you can activate this in your everyday life, uh, the prophetic in your life. So I just wanna give you three quick things as we begin to bring this to a close. Um, We've gotta ask ourselves this question, what's my motive? Okay, so what's your motive? What's my motive in prophesying? Is it to walk in power or love? Because I've seen both and. Sometimes people want to be powerful and they wanna show that they're gifted. And if we're not careful, if our motive is not to love somebody, I would say keep your mouth shut. If it is to be powerful, um, be careful. Because to to walk in power without love is very dangerous. And so we've gotta lean into the love of God because He loves His kids so much that He wants to use us to speak Them and so that that really matters that your motive is love. I have seen many people see the gifts are without repentance. I've seen very powerful people that can prophesy very well that are not motivated by love. And so check your motives. It's really important. Um, Do you want to? And another motivation we've got to check is: Is it? um, Are we walking in pride to be right? or humility to see another person flourish. See, you know, sometimes we never give a prophetic word to tear somebody down. We prophesy to see them flourish, to grow in Christ again because the motive is love. Okay, another thing we can do that's very practical that you can do today is just do a fruit check. We are all bearing fruit in our life and what does it look like? And some of you may be going, well, how do I know what fruit to check? Well. I love the Word of God. Galatians 5 is very clear on fruit. I'm going to read to you from the Passion Translation today. Um, I love the NIV. I love all of the different translations that you can dive into to see the the beauty of the Word of God. Now, what is the fruit of the Spirit? So if we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control, when that fruit is coming out of your life, and that is something you want to give away to somebody else, that's a great fruit check. But I love how it tells us in Galatians 5:18 through 23 it makes it clear what the opposite of the fruit of the spirit is but when you are brought into the full freedom It says, of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the dominion of the law, but soaring above it. The cravings of the self-life are obvious, sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Is anyone freaking out right now? You're like, crap, how do I get this fruit off of me? (laughs) Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those things, um, that those who use their freedom for such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life of virtue or goodness, faith that prevails, which is faithfulness, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit or self-control. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. And we need to understand this. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to move in and through our lives. So do a fruit check of your life and go, am I operating? in the fruit of the Spirit. And and don't be hard on yourself. If there are things that you need to change or repent of, just do that and begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move within you. Often with some of my kids, when they'll get sassy or tear people down, I'll go, who lives within you? The Holy Spirit. (laughs) So we have to remember that we are a temple for the Holy Spirit. And the last one is this, just another way that we can check ourselves. Another way that we can check what where we're at in the prophetic and leaning into this is remember this. you got to remember this. You are created in the image of a creative God, and you create with your words. We all can prophesy. You create from what you meditate on. That's your posture. Philip talked about that. You create from what you meditate on. So what are you meditating on? Is it the Word of God? Even in chatting with Philip and Joy about all of this and continuing to create a prophetic culture in our church, which we already have, but we just want to be more and more intentional all the time on how to do that and do it in a healthy way. Philip was talking to me about Psalm 1 and how that so talks about our posture and and what we create. It says this in, in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, blessed is the one who does not walk this is all about posture and the step with the wicked, or stand in the way of sinner, sinners. Um, in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. For who, but those who delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on the law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. See, we all want to be a tree that is planted by streams of living water, but the truth is we've gotta choose where we walk, stand, and sit. We've gotta choose what we meditate on because we are created in the image of a creative God and the fruit that comes out of us is all about intentionality. And the fruit to prophesy life, to bring the kingdom of heaven, all depends on our posture and what we lean into. So I pray that this equipped you and look, We wanna dig into this more and more and more, and I know there's only so much we can teach you and the time that we have together, but the greatest thing I want you to know is that we are to prophesy, to edify, to exhort, to encourage others, to bring the love and the heart of God in dire times, in painful times, when people need to know how loved they are. And it just makes me think about the story that Philip told about the man that he heard the word suicide, he went and prophesied over him and brought life. Literally, Jesus came into that man's heart that day. And I think about some of you, depending on where you're at in this season of life and what you're going through, I, I guess what I want you to know more than anything is how God would do anything. He would move heaven and earth to get to your heart, to give you his love, and that's exactly what he did through his son Jesus. And I'm blown away by his love for us, that he would use another human being to speak love to us so that we can come to the saving knowledge of his grace and his love for us. So today, I don't know, maybe a friend invited you to watch church online because you're like, I'm not going in to a church building, but you're like, I'm willing to watch online. And I wanna say to you, that God is deeply in love with you. No matter how messy life has been or how many mistakes you have made or where you are in your mindset or thoughts or if you have turned your back on God, He is here and He loves you and He wants you to come home. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And He said, no man comes to the Father except through me. And through His life, death, and resurrection, He made a way for you to follow Him, for you to lay down your own life to follow in His way truth, in life. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, if you want to turn from your way and begin to follow Him, I would love to pray for you right where you are in your home right now. So let me pray over you. And if you are making that decision to follow Jesus, why don't you just pray out loud, whether you're in your home or next to a friend, and and click the button to let us know, Go, I'm following Jesus today. I'm making a decision. But let me pray with you. Just say these words out loud. Say, Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your life for me, for sending your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and he rose again so that I could have eternal life. I lay down my life today and I follow you. I am a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and transform me in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. I pray that you will dig into these scriptures and you will lean into the prophetic and understand that it is a powerful way to see his kingdom come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven.